Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast that unites two best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. My name's Aaron and each week I have the pleasure of talking movies and films with my fellow daywalker, James. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. And my name is Aaron. This is Sorry You're In My Seat. We're going to talk about... Blade. The Blade, mate. Blade. Before the, you know, the Marvel universe as we know it, before X-Men and Spider-Man, and even before The Matrix, which is going to be a talking point, Blade from 1998 was a trendsetter. Was mate, a- rewritten. He wasn't even like the comic books. He wasn't a black exploitation character. He was leather-bound, wearing shades when it was dark outside, beating vampires. Cool vampires. This was a sexy vampire movie way sexier than twilight yes or any, or any of those things that came out this was gory blood filled this was techno disco style you know underground uh vampires versus the ultimate killer machine the ultimate predator blade oh mate i'm so i'm so like jacked up i want to go let's go out let's go disco in let's go to the nearest meat plant yeah <laughs> just have a disco mate i love blood sprinklers myself <laughs> mate i love i love if i have to go through me. Let's get to a pie. I know I'm in for a great time. I know. That guy who I've seen him things now since yeah. like I've seen him in things like Bates Motel and everything. But where he's like being led by, you know, a, a nice lady. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, this seems like fun. Yeah, we because do you know what? I always end up at the abattoir <laughs> on the night out. You know, you've haven't you haven't had a good time unless What was he thinking? He's like, she's gonna she's she's gonna dice a cow. <laughs> just gonna yeah. we're gonna have a steak. You well, know maybe he's thinking, well this as first dates go, it's different. It's different. It's just, do work this is sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> i thought you worked in an office <laughs> so you can tell the grandkids there you go how did you meet well she just wanted to go cut some meat off i mean if you haven't seen blade christ you're on the wrong show each week we get around the mics talk about a different movie topic or theme within movies last week the great debate streaming services if you have to get rid of one in the current climate in the cost of living crisis that we're in what would you get rid of out of maybe the big four streaming services here in the UK of course across seas many many more uh, streaming services to pick from like always we didn't really give an answer (laughs) you're welcome like to leave it open. <laughs> it's up to you. Your decision. Your Therefore, interpretation. There you go. Take from it what you will. <laughs> Spark conversation. Make your own fucking choice. We're if, basically a religion, this podcast. If, you, if you're listening to us for tell us what to do with your life, your life is already over. <laughs> but download this episode. Oh, yeah, leave a review. <laughs> and, and don't forget to subscribe because you get a new show each and every week. This week, no exception. Let's get going. Blade. Really look forward to this. And I've said this for, I think, the last 14 episodes. I think I said it with... Toy Story and Mad Max, I was like, I can't believe it's taken this many episodes to get to this topic. It is, and it's come up naturally because we know that Blade is a coming, and it's coming with Mahershala Ali, which is probably maybe an upgrade to Wesley Snipes. So you, you could argue either way. This is the thing as well, like with Marvel and superhero movies. I'm getting okay superhero fatigue. I, I think I'm, I think I'm done. Mahershala Ali's doing Blade. All right, yeah, yeah, come on, Blade. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> like, Blade was amazing. Like, I mean, I'm, I was, a, I was born in '87, so I was too young when Blade came out. I would have been. Uh, what 11 years old but I knew what Blade was I remember going outside Blockbuster and seeing posters you've got mail Titanic <laughs> and Blade and I wanted to see you Blade Titanic so bad. <laughs> you know you're coming off the back of movies like uh, Batman and Robin and Spawn superhero movies were on the decline we weren't yet at you know X-Men you know in the 2000s and then of course Tobey Maguire Spider-Man Blade was there first and Blade's mm. often overlooked not only for its achievements in, in the cinema universe 
creating bullet time before the Matrix did. Now, of mm. course, the Matrix did the 360 camera. Obviously, you had the bigger budget and maybe found a larger audience. But Blade was there. And, of course, nowadays we talk about Black Panther being the first black superhero that Marvel had. Blade came out 19 years before that movie. And it, let's be honest here, and let's not mince words, the, one of the best kick-ass characters. And it is something that I know we're going to get into spoilers. Barely speaks in that first film. Mm. Like Chris Christopherson, Whistler, he's the he's the mouthpiece. You learn the story through him. Blade, mate, he's just basically kicking ass with, with cool-looking weapons. He did look cool. He was cool. He is cool. He is cool. That first movie drops you in a world very quickly where you're like, I've got to get going with this. And he takes names. Like, he takes out, like, a whole disco, like, discotheque pretty fucking quick. We talk about great introductions to the characters. So it opens really cool because it's different. You see uh, the actress Tracy Lords, who famously nearly killed the porn industry. There you go, that's Tracy Lords. She faked her identity and she started porn and it turns out she was underage. So they had to like nearly killed the porn industry. And what saved her life was that she had a passport issued by the US government. So they couldn't do anything really because they'd also fallen for the same scam. True story. Facts. This facts. Year. Facts this podcast. Um, and basically she leads a man into this underground, underground abattoir. But it's a secret door. She's not Zim, and apparently that's the entrance fee to get into this underground rave. And it's phenomenal. He's having life. Everyone's buzzing. It's got the ultimate stuck in your head tune. I don't like techno music. Listening to that today was like, oh my god. Um, and blood starts pouring from the sky, and then everyone around him is vampires. They start kicking him, clawing at him, snarling at him. He doesn't know what to do. He's on the floor being kicked, and then he it's a bit of light, mate, and he crawls into it. See some leather boots. Boom. Wesley Snipes' his blade. Blade. Begin. <laughs> I, I tell you what as well, like, talking about wrong place at the wrong time, I imagine there's probably not many places you don't want to be. Yeah. Then in a room full of vampires <laughs> when blood's coming out of the ceiling. That's probably not the right what, place to be. What you're wearing a shit hat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching that and I'm just thinking he deserves to die. The, the 90s, the 90s, unfortunately, Blade isn't perfect. There are two things that go against it. Soundtrack is being one. And the... Um, the pioneers of special effects, which had to, we said this every time, had to pave the way so that now when Tony Stark gets into his Iron Man suit, it looks as amazing as it does because certain films had to go first and experiment with visual effects. And that's a and good the, segue. And I just think it was, it's not too bad. It, it becomes more noticeable towards the end. Like vampires dying, turning into ash and a bit of fire. Forgivable. Mm. Big red splotch. Yeah. Not as forgivable. Yeah, it is dated, unfortunately, for its special effects. But Blade in 1998 was directed by Stephen Norrington, who's a British filmmaker born in London, and he's known for his special effects work in uh, movie art departments in makeup and visual effects. So the guy has worked on movies uh, with prosthetic and real-life effects and also worked in films like Alien 3, which kind of like the dawn mm. of visual effects in movies. So has that hand in both worlds. A really weird time. You know, like when you hear, like, Winston Churchill saw the last... Uh, yeah, I'm going there. So, so the last uh, really charge was. on horseback and the first nuclear bomb drop. Oh, okay. Like Stephen Norrington, whose filmography in terms of directing is pretty short. There's only about four movies. It ended catastrophically. Oh, I don't know what with... you mean. I, this guy sounds like he's got a great career ahead of him. I, I just hope he doesn't come across a really grumpy Sean Connery. Exactly. Yeah. League of Extraordinary <laughs> Gentlemen killed that career for just about everyone. Didn't it? But no, it's true, isn't it? Like you know, who was that bloke? In it? David, David Townend. Townsend. It was in. Um, it was in the Call of the Vamp uh, Interview of Vampire sequel, okay. The Queen of the Damned. I he played Lestat in that. He was obviously Tom Cruise. Stuart Townend. Stuart Townend. Okay. 
I don't know. And then it, and then he just disappeared after they after this period. Yeah, they all did. Connor was like, "I'm taking you all with me." It's like, <laughs> if I'm retiring, fuck you all. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Siri Nine's in the director of it, and of course, the the Marvel co- comic creators of uh, Blade, Marv Wolfman and Gene Coleman, and the screenplay was written by David S. Goyer, who wrote all three all films David and directed the third one. Yeah, yeah. he's he's yeah. always his name does come across a lot of comic book films. Yeah, he, he, a lot of them are hits. And quite a few of them are missing. Then the Suicide Squad, yeah. <laughs> um, the first film in the Blade trilogy, Blade, was made in 1998 and was released by New Line Cinemas. The film saw Wesley Snipes as the super tough martial arts expert Day Walker, who has all the strengths of a vampire with none of the weaknesses. That is except his lust for blood, which is controlled by a serum. I love the fact, so we go to this, it, he, you know, he's not an, he's not a hunter, mate. He, he kind of hates the fact that he needs this serum. He doesn't want to lose blood, and they got the serum, and the serum looks so painful. It looks like you're getting kicked in the nuts, and you're having your fingernails pulled off. It's just like it's the ultimate no. Do you know what? Rather drink a rat. <laughs> just that. <laughs> just I'll go to the butchers. You, you got any blood? Let's try that. I'll just have that. I just I'll just have a bit. <laughs> Uh, we follow Blade as he works his way from city to city, kicking ass in shades, leather jackets, and leatherized protective armor, slaying vampires with swords, guns, silver stakes, boomerangs, and a whole arsenal of high-tech weaponry. All of them look amazing. Like, he's got his little Sleek. pistol, which is a submachine gun kind of thing. It looks mm. awesome. The shotgun that fires stakes to the point, like, he can pin vampires to the wall. Mm. And then he's got this S... <laughs> He's got his ass, which is the boomerang you're talking about. And in one scene, he holds against his arm. And ever since I first saw it, I was like, why hasn't he cut his arm? It's supposed to be deadly sharp. Surely you should be bleeding. Yeah. Well, then you've got, obviously, of course, his, yeah, like you say, swords. And then it, full of tricks, that blade, mate. You can't can't get too close. It's sneaky. Towards the end, he's got he's got a, like a cheese wire. Yeah, they, I love that. It takes out yeah, uh, it's because, Donald Logan with. It's because he didn't need his sunglasses up until that point, so he didn't need the wire. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's um, so extra. Part action hero, part superhero, Blade is a vampire human half-breed born from a pregnant woman whose labor was induced after being bitten. As a homeless street kid, Blade was taken under the protection of Abraham Whistler. I am going to say Wesker at some point. I just can't yeah, help it. I'm born with Resident Evil. See, Plays, the only role I actually quite like Chris Christopherson in. <laughs> He's got a gruff voice, but my problem is he's he's so like Sam Elliott, I'd rather just have Sam Elliott. <laughs> he's kind of like Sam Elliott met the Big Lebowski yeah, that's and a good created point, yeah. Chris Christopherson, who I like Chris Christopherson in, you know, things like um, Star is Born. Oh, you yeah, seems, that's actually you know, yeah. And, and, um, and his country and western career, obviously. Mm. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. He's all right, Chris he's Christopherson. All right. He plays the older mentor, weapons expert, fatherly figure quite well in the movie couldn't be the comic relief though could he he'd have to be pissed off about something he's actually watching it now and it's it's because now you know obviously the year is 2022 you know it's a 24 years has passed since this movie but watching it he's like oh it's a bit cliche isn't it? you know like he's there's part where he's like he's oil in his brace <laughs> you know he's like he's like rough you know he's uh, he's injured. You know he's he's war torn. He's done this for years, mm. and he does have a few dodgy lines in the movie. But Chris Christopherson, I quite like. Um, he's uh, yeah, like I say, he's the cracking uh, sidekick, the wiser, older, tougher weapons expert that teaches Blade the vampire hunting skills that he needs in modern day in the nineties, nineteen ninety eight. Uh, whilst not slaying vampires at Disco's Blades, Crusade crosses the path of Karen Jensen, who's played by, and I, I hope it's pronounced Nabusharite. That's I what believe I've is gone the name. With, yeah. Who's a hospital doctor and hematologist. Fuck, that's lucky. Um, it would be great if like, like they get back. It's like, what do you do? It's like, uh, feet. Orth- orthopedic <laughs> surgeon. And you're yeah. like, 
Oh, could yeah. you maybe fuck off? I removed toenails. <laughs> oh, that's not no. Or unless that was the key. <laughs> whatever it was, mate. Whatever she was, whatever she was in charge of. Oh, it's your teeth. <laughs> Just take them out. I'm a dentist. There you go. See, sorted. Karen Jensen, who she's uh, bitten by a vampire, and needs Blaze's help. Meanwhile, there's an uprising, a revolution that is happening in the oh, vampire underworld. I can't wait to talk about this. As half bloods and the centuries-old pure bloods squabble over their place, the former. Um, you know, the half-bloods, believing that they should rise above mankind who are merely food. Leading the resistance is Deacon Frost, played by State, uh, Stephen Dorff, who believes that through ancient texts he has found a key to defeating Blade yes, that will true. see him become the blood god, master of vampires, and slave humanity. It's, it's, it's a bit extra, isn't it? It's, do you know what? It's it's not enough that there's... The vampires. The, spoilers. <laughs> Deacon might have had something to do with Blade's mum. That's enough for, yeah. for a revenge film, let alone this whole like. But then I remembered watching it this week. This is the 90s. Yeah. You needed you need the more. boss to level up just before the final fight. Yeah. Well, I never thought about that. It always means that in my head, technically, the bad guy won because they never. Blade never beat Deacon Frost. He beat Lamagra, the blood god. Mm. <laughs> so technically, what I love about this is so um, the, the, the older vampires, the heads of the houses, um, played by Udo Kuir, played Dragon A. Yes, whatever, right? He he keeps telling Frost, it's like, this isn't our way. I've told you before, Frost. And then it's like, and then he comes, he's like, get out of my library, Frost. You're doing my tits in. It's mm. like, and then he hears that Frost is up to no good. He's like, Frost, could you stop it? Then he hears that Frost's nightclub has caused a lot of, lot of drama. And he's like, Frost, I've told you numerous times now. Could you please stop it? And then he's surprised when Frost takes him out and kills him. <laughs> so it's like, why didn't you do something about it, you tit? And do you know what? And, and this movie is this movie is bloody. It's gory, and it's some some scenes that doesn't work out too well in with the CGI. But there are scenes like you know, jumping the gun, Udo Kier's death scene when they force him to see the sunrise, and. It, mm. In the second one, though, when his love interest is dying and says, I want to see the sunrise one time, yeah, she general, just fakes away. She flakes away. Yeah, she doesn't like that her skin shrinking. She literally <laughs> doesn't melt like the end of fucking Indiana Jones 3. <laughs> like, or Indiana Jones 1 for that matter. <laughs> There's a lot of face melting in that show. But, um, that kid's show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, Udo Kia, as well, who I only know from Ace Ventura episode, the first one. As he owns the uh, he owns the shark apparently in the tank he does yeah and then uh, but isn't the villain <laughs> and a Google Dolls music video Get out. I think he's in the naked music video um, but he's expertly as the kind of European um, older centuries old you know who's got it all who's you know who's in the suit has the archive has the lifestyle but it doesn't have it doesn't have the ambition to see that the vampire should be the supreme mm. bloodline and you know. And, you know, and Deacon Frost, who I've got issues with that character, mainly because of how Stephen Dorff plays him. Well, I thought it would be the massive collars, which I didn't realise until we were watching it. I was like, those, co- those collars, mate, are too big. I know. And his cuffs. <laughs> yeah. But, I, but um, what, what, there is a line in it where he's like, you look like you've got it all, but you're scared. And, you know, you, 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 you're invisible. You're not invisible. You're afraid kind of thing, mm. you know. And, and there's this great back and forth between the, old, the elders in the vampire world who would say, no, our, you know, our place is to move undetected. You know, if the police or if the, if the government kind of found out about us, it would create heat and all this kind of stuff. And, and Frost is the idealist. He's, he's the bratty, you know, Trump junior who looks like he comes from money and, you know, doesn't like authority and just thinks he can do what he wants. There is, there is a good dilemma. Yeah. dilemma. It would be better if they were far and some. Oh yeah. That's a good point. Actually. You know, I, I, I think actually Stephen Dorff, bearing in mind, this is the only real film I know him on. 
I True Detective Season 3. Yeah, exactly. And play with Mahershali. With Mahershali. There's your link. I know he's all right. See, as villains go, he's a bit of a pissant. Like, I can imagine he's, I imagine he's a rich, snotty kid. He's just not intimidating. He's, that, that's uh, my I problem with it, is he's not intimidating. I tell you what, though, I do like uh, Donald Logue as, as, is it Quinn? Quinn, Quinn. like his, his sidekick. So there's two two things there. So Donald Logue plays Quinn, who's meant to die in the opening scene, at the but apparently on set, he was that funny. And that they were like, look, we're going to keep you alive. And so, and then it became a reoccurring joke that he just kept getting burned or he just kept getting his arm cut off. And um, yeah, but he wasn't meant to get to the end of the movie like he was. He he, he had a kind of like a bit part. But apparently on set, he was really fun to be around. Stephen Dorff did get a bit of a rum deal. So he wasn't first cast for the role as Deacon Frost. And then when he did come in, he had very little time to, uh, to prepare. And apparently the first scene that he had to shoot Snipes had been on set for a while and Snipes was an executive producer on the movie as well. So he had a bit of power and like, you know, when two actors are going at it on a scene, yeah. if he's an executive producer, he just walk, you know, he's like, fuck off, I put money into this movie um, and can kind of have the weight to to say. And apparently Snipes was doing that with this movie as an executive producer, you know, wanted the cool shots, wanted it a Kung Fu action movie that, um, you know, made him look amazing. And it does, and it is great. Stephen Josh's first scene is the interaction between the two of them when he's using the schoolgirl as as a hostage ah, yeah. during the day scene, and it's a yeah, pretty hard scene. Well, yeah, it's a pretty hard scene to to do first because you haven't really found out who that character is. And in the commentary of the DVD, Dorf says this as well. He says it, he did he hadn't really had the time to work on who the character was, and there is a bit of dialogue between the two of them that is the crux of the movie. That's the hinge point of the film. Yeah, by that point in the film, we know everything about Blade. We know his we know his desire to rid the world of vampires, and we know that Frost. Um, you, you know, wants the uprising of the vampires. So you've got these two clash and they're going to meet in this middle scene where their ideologies clash. And um, it doesn't work. Like when I watched it this week, before I found that out, I did think, fucking hell, that scene's a bit wooden. Mm. It, it doesn't have the like the gravitas of, you know, meeting your villain, which again is a, such a good 90s trope, I was 80s, just, 90s trope. I was just saying, it kind of works. They have to meet, don't they? They have to meet before the big fight because technically when a big fight comes, he's not in. So you need some sort of FaceTime. <laughs> yeah, you need that interaction. You need yeah. you need to up the ante, you know, and make it a bit more personal then. I don't like the idea that it's just it's just sunblock that the vampires can use to stop it because that annoys me because then I'm like, well, why don't they all just come out then? Why mm. why don't they just own, instead of just owning blood banks that you find out they're doing like episode three, why don't they just own lots of sun <laughs> locations and lots lots of sun yeah. sunlight? It's fucking stupid. But again, you need them to come face to face. But then you just answer the question, well, why don't you have it at night? <laughs> there you go problem solved it is it, I mean you know Blade is for, for its action sequences that are dated by you're right the, this, the CGI when they dust you know and they turn to skeletons and there's a scene towards the end of the movie as well where they, let's just call them the 12 kind of become demonised I don't no, know what that like, is that scene some, some sort of skeletons come out of them and then fly around as yeah. they do that, that whole I was like watching it I was like this is like early Playstation like effects yeah Playstation 2 but give it to him Snipes Snipes is great as a lead action hero is so great because Blade the character doesn't speak he he acts through like his eyes I never realised because Wesley Snipes keeps his eyes covered for the majority of the film he acts a lot through his eyes there are two moments where he's phenomenal and he doesn't say anything it's when he's holding um, Dr. Karen um, thinking about his mum I don't know how he gets a flashback to when he was a baby I can't remember what happened like last Tuesday <laughs> when I was a baby mm. but, but then that's the reason why he doesn't kill her he brings her back and tries to give her garlic to flush it out which is lucky because she comes up with a kill but that was lucky wasn't it at the mm. end um, and it's when uh, the, the horrible scene with Whistler 
where Wiss has basically been bitten and is going to turn as basically a massive fuck you to Blade. Mm. And he gives him a gun and he walks away and he doesn't cry. He just walks. He's got so such sorrowful eyes. Well done, Wesley Snipes. Yeah, I mean, this this was one of the things that I, I you know, the critics at the time and, and now retrospectively kind of going back to revisit the movie. And, and I do agree. There is no development of the Blade character. Oh, God, no. If you look now, you know, any superhero, they have to go through a journey. They have to go through a pilgrimage. And, and, any, and this isn't really an origin story. You join Blade, he's well in his career as a yeah, vampire slayer. To learn and anything. I fucking love that. I don't want to see the first half hour. I don't see him like accidentally miss the heart. Yeah. Go, oh no, shucks, I, I missed. I, you know, after Batman did that so expertly in Batman Begins, because Batman, if we go to this all the time, Batman Begins had the hardest job of, in the world of convincing you why he dresses why, like why a bat. Why billionaire would dress up like a bat yeah. and not just beat shit and out And at the end of that movie, you're like, oh yeah, actually I kind of get it. It did a really good, and Goya was a writer on that, screenwriter on that yeah. film. Um, the Blade, I like how it drops you in at this world. It doesn't give you any development whatsoever. He's not compassionate. He hasn't got a light and a dark side to him. He reluctantly saves the schoolgirl, let's be honest. Yeah. You know, it, it, to him, he is just hell-bent on ridding the world of vampires. I love that. I quite like it. I loved it. I love the fact that there's no training montage. I don't love the, I love the fact that there's a... that. In fact, it's not even just him. Um, Whistler has a massive go in for bringing it back. He's like... Well, why'd you bring it back, you dick? It's like she's going to turn into a vampire. Like it's yeah. both, it's both of them. It's like she got bit. She's done for. Kill her. Mm. And it's like he shows a tiny bit of humanity, and he's put down for it. It's like you're an asshole. You're absolute dickhead. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. Um, and I'm going to say this now: the fact that there's no, you know, at the end when they both come out of the hovel, you're half expecting them to kiss. The fact that there's no fucking love story was one of the best things about this film. I was like, good, because nowadays they chew in, he'd kiss her. Yeah. None of that. It's just like she's like. I'm going to cure you. And he's like, bitch, please. <laughs> I need you to make me more bluey, explodey stuff. The, bluey rest expl of, <laughs> the rest of it can fuck right <laughs> off. Yeah. I, there's also a really weirdness when you're watching the movie that there's a real lack of awareness from all the background characters. There are literally scenes in this film where Wesley Snipes pulls a gun out in the middle of the street. And about to shoot a cop. And about to shoot a cop. <laughs> and everyone is just walking around. There's a scene where a schoolgirl gets thrown in front of a bus. Blade saves her. No one bats an eyelid. Or no one, no one, no, no extra on the side of the curb is oh, going well like, oh, well done. Oh, fucking hell, Blade, well done. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> oh, I was going to do that, but yeah. then I thought I'd just carry on with my life. None <laughs> of that whatsoever. It's, you know, so the, you know, and maybe that's a bit of amateur filmmaking. Maybe it's because, so again, used to it. <laughs> you could, I mean, you could look into it, couldn't you, and say that actually it's because human are cattle. We go today, we, we have our heads down and we move, you know, and, and that's, that's Deacon Frost point is we are just food. You know, and maybe, but I think that's thinking too much into it. I, I, I think it's a bit of guerrilla filmmaking where it's like, ah, we didn't think people are supposed to react to some of this shit. Um, you know, it's like the train scene. You know, there's so many scenes where you can think, why is no one just does something? Yeah, <laughs> I do like it, but there was a lot of other attentions to detail in the movie that I really like. There's a bit in the beginning when he's walking through the abattoir and mm. there's all the cattle and there's a body, and then there's a body. He goes, what, what was that? And 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 I was like, oh yeah, I don't think I ever saw that in the original film. Um, so there are little details to it that I really like and, and it's dark it's bleak. God it's gory and New Line cut loads of this film I, mean, I know it's got like it's got like three different endings doesn't it so there was the Morbius ending there's a Morbius ending luckily we didn't get and then there's the ending where the blood god is literally a river of blood and kind of like because I saw it on YouTube mm. today it, it was it was even worse than the other one but there is so much that happens in this and it, do you know what I realise it's the world building they do with the lines so mm. it's like so they go to the vampire archives and there's a, a vampire so fat it can't move 
and you then you wonder how it's on the computer. Uh, Pearl. It's absolutely great. Pearl, yeah. And then, like, um, he gets a piece of paper. I believe it's in this one. He gives it to Whistler, and Whistler's like, smells like a vampire wiped his ass with it. <laughs> but he can read it. <laughs> we can read and it. And that's the best read as well. Like, Deacon's like, hanging out at the archives yeah, waiting saying. for an algorithm to break a code Whis whiskey looks at a tiny bit of, bit like, of torn off paper like blood god is that blood god fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell like how great would it be if he if he got this tiny bit of paper he's just like please turn over yeah. <laughs> he says says page 15 blade I don't know why, why are you giving this to me you tit yeah. it says blood, blood dog I don't know, it could be anything also, also like it makes you question as well doesn't it just when says it bring milk <laughs> It's not Mortal Kombat. I love that you got that reference. I like him. I like as well that when they kill Wesker, they don't think, maybe we need him because he can read these hieroglyphs. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I love the fact there's no real plan. Yeah. I find it really lucky though as well that they spend the first two, the two thirds of the movie trying to kill Blade and they don't, but then it's good because in the third one, they need him alive. Yeah. <laughs> Which is always fucking lucky. The pill scene goes back to the new line, cutting a load of it. The pill scene was dark. Like he was so obese because he feeds off babies and the oh, hearts. Fuck. So apparently when he, the original cut was the, when he Blade finds him, there's loads of dead babies around him. Shit. It was dark as fuck. New line were like, hell no. Like we're already like, this is already, you know, you're already setting people on fire and leaving them. And there's a third degree boom person running out of a hospital. Donna Gleason, who actually in that interaction um, fell on the floor and dislocated his jaw so they had to take him to the hospital and they had to explain to the people at the hospital we're, we're a film and he's he hasn't really got these burns which so. is which is, which is going to be extra hard for anyone he just broke his jaw so yeah. he's probably going ah, I, I would have just left him at the door <laughs> Don will sort this one out <laughs> have fun explaining that <laughs> you wanted right. to be in the movie <laughs> it's, it's weird as well isn't it like in um you know, in, in the vampire world as well, someone must have the job of fitting those industrial shutters that keep the sun out. Yeah. Do you, <laughs> you imagine that? That must have been like the hardest job because because they're like, no, I want them installed. And then you're like, but, but it's daylight soon. Yeah. You're like, well, I paid. Or if I was <laughs> so, Blade, I would just look for them yeah. because I think there's someone in that room that probably doesn't like the sun. Yeah, just probably get like, just get the button. Just go, oh, when you've done that, here's an extra hundred. Give me an extra copy of the clicker. Yeah. <laughs> just stands outside clicks him. I'm going to say though that, so he's he's rejected humanity. His job now is to hunt vampires. There's literally in the film one human moment and it's when he shoots Quinn in the shoulder with a second stake and gives a fist bump. It is out of place. <laughs> it is, it to this day, Still don't know why. Yeah. Also, with the famous line, some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate. Well, again. Ad-libbed. Ad oh, I know. <laughs> it shows because something's out of place in the script. Mm. Yeah, but there is there is also, the, I, like, I do, Wesley Snipes does break that, you know, that character a little bit. Like the scene in the hospital when the police turn up, and I like that in a, in a hospital in America, armed police, armed security guards who shoot him without asking any questions. Not, not, the third degree burn man who's just about who's just biting someone and running out through the window. Mm. They shoot Blade, who, to be honest, yeah, he does have a sword and everything. But he's and like, was the nice. and he goes, motherfucker, what <laughs> kind of thing? It's like, a, it's like a, how dare you shoot me? Like, how how stupid are you that you don't realize I'm the good guy? Um, I, I loved it. I genuinely do think you could not do the blood god stuff. It's weird. Also, it doesn't make any sense, and I don't want to be that guy. But the storyline they set up in the third one that Drake is the first vampire. That means, where did the blood god come from? Hmm. Mm. <laughs> hole. There's a hole in your story, Blade. Dear There's Mr. a hole. Dear Mr. Goya. You directed, you wrote all three of these films. How did you not see this one? Erdick. Yeah. Um, so I really love it. The best things to me, the action still stands out. It does cool bats. The most badass bit is when Quinn runs at him with his sunglasses because he thinks he's hard, but he doesn't know that he's just fed. That's the bit I don't get as well. Where does Quinn's 
energy come from in that final scene? Well, well he's been beaten so many times. I know. So he thinks, he's literally regenerated three times so, in this movie. So now he thinks, do you know what? This, I'm definitely going to get Blade. He's got like a little dagger. <laughs> and he's like, I've been waiting a long time for this Blade. He's, he's like, Are you, I didn't do you in the first scene. I didn't do you. The I'll let you have time. that one. I did when you chopped my hand off. I didn't do the other one when you smashed my head against the train. Okay, it's three nil, but now's my time. <laughs> now I'm just getting warmed up, mate. I've done my stretches. I wasn't even meant to be in this scene because I didn't have this little knife before. <laughs> I just had a gun and a massive sword. The other time, but he cuts his head off with a bit of cheese wire that we hadn't even seen up yeah, until this point. Didn't need it, but well, what does he do then? Catches his glasses in mid air. Techno music. Techno music starts. It is It is cool. I mean, it is a vehicle. It's Wesley Snipes' best movie. And I know it's probably not, and people are screaming at me. But because I've watched it this week, I'm definitely saying Blade is. And oh, Blade, Blade is. It is fun. It, I mean, it's got a solid 5 out of 10 on IMDb. And in Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes, I think it's 57%. I thought, it, I thought it was much higher. I think it is. It should be. It's, uh, it doesn't Blade. age as well. Because in two years later, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man came out, which is infinitely better. But then again, two years later... No, I mean in, in terms of effects. No, sorry, I, I was trying to cough. I, oh, right. to cough. I wasn't that annoyed with it. Yeah, no, I mean in terms of effects. Like there's 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 a lot of that Maguire movie. And I know that there's some of the, the web slinging doesn't look great, but mm. there's some of them where Maguire is moving around that look awesome. And it looks stunning, that Spider-Man movie did. It just looked great. Blade was dark, gritty, it was horrible, it was bloody, it was gory. Um it was. It's, it, we don't get anything like it. It was kind of like the first, and then it finished. Like I mean, obviously we've got the two sequels that, to come up. No, but I, Blade came out of nowhere. I remember not hearing about anything, and then I think I went to because this was really weird. I didn't go to Blockbusters all the time. Sometimes I went to the library, and you could rent a film out for fifty p. And obviously got my dad to do it, and he got us Blade eighteen, solid eighteen as well. Mm. And it was brutal. Loved it. Fell in love with it. It was different. Didn't even didn't. This was before I even knew it was a comic book character. Just thought it was a. Just thought it was a film about a vampire hunter mm. that did this. It was brutal. It was. It was dark, but it was cool. You were at that age where techno music was a thing, you know. It it was more like the Lost Boys than vampires were cool, mate. You, you could see why people would want to be a vampire. We, we're going to go into October soon, and and a few years ago we did, we did, you know, haunted dolls, and we did like we kind of took on a few. And and I was thinking this the other day, maybe we should do vampires, werewolves, mummies, and Frankenstein. Mm, yeah, you know, pick maybe the Hammer horror because that's the other thing about this movie. Is it's action, it's horror, it's also hammer horror. Like the the ends of the, the scenes at the end with the ancient ritual and the 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 blood sacrifice, that's right off the nose of like hammer horror kind of stuff. Yeah, that's true. It's it's got loads of layers of different types. It loses it in the second and the third one, but the first one has different layers of horror. It's even got different types of vampire because it's like the guy that got beaten like the third or fourth scene. He's changed. He hasn't changed like he should. He's turned into like kind of like a mummy. He says zombie, type. doesn't he? Zombie says, zombie, says, yeah. He says he'll eat out. Yeah. Yeah. So again, again, it, it does a such a good job of building a storyline, and it's really cool. And yeah. everything. And I know it sounds really stupid, but it was cool. It genuinely was cool. So who is Blade? Blade is the boogeyman's boogeyman, the thing that haunts the ghouls and monsters in their sleep. His aliases include Daywalker, Subject AA1, Switchblade. Daywalker is such a shit name. It's like, oh my God, it's the salad. It's on the nose, isn't it? It's like, it's like you, it's just be like, oh, it's the corn eater. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hannibal, uh, Francis, and of course Blade. He's also gone under the guise of Ronin, which we recently saw with Hawkeye. Um, he's teamed up with the Avengers, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, the X-Men, and even worked with Doctor Doom in a time-travelling uh, series. <laughs> just, just that time that Blade and Doctor Doom went time-travelling. Yeah. <laughs> to save their, their retrospective mums, apparently. Aww. I haven't read it, and I don't, you know, I should say this at the top of me. every comic one. <laughs> you, uh, you definitely ordered that. As soon as you saw that, you're like, you love Doom and his mum. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Doom. <laughs> Miss Doom. Yeah, Miss. Um, 
Marvel on their website say this is the official um, synopsis of Blade. Born from a mother raged by vampirism, Deacon, which was Deacon Frost in the maternity ward. So in the mm. comic book, and again, I haven't read the comics. In but the comic book, he's an actual Deacon. De- De- uh, Deacon Frost, uh, uh, I think uh, German ancestry, older as well, white haired, not yeah. not Stephen Dorff, not not definitely 90s music video Stephen Dorff uh, as is in how this. Big, how big were his collar though? Maybe that's why they kept it realistic. <laughs> I tell you, 90s, and it's always like when you see Ewan McGregor pre-Star um, Wars movies, yeah. like, Flary jeans. Oh yes, you know, and and is this, a bit a bit too oversized uh, shirts with big can, cuffs and gel in the hair. Can I can I ask you this? Because I was genuinely thinking it, not the cuffs, because the cuffs I can't pull off. I think I could pull off a collar that big though. Maybe, but not Harry Styles uh, at Venice Film Festival big, where he spat on Chris Pine. Oh fuck's sake! It, it, I mean, he quite clearly did, and then I remember Chris Pine turning it into a joke. But at the same time, I'm I'm, I'm not going to be that guy. But Chris Pine's better than you, Harry Styles. A fuck off. And that's weird because Chris Pine's not better than many people. <laughs> I like Chris Pine. I'm I a Chris like, Pine. I'm a Chris, like Chris Pine, Pine defender, but not really. I'm, I'm right. I'm going to right, diverge from Blade for a minute because this has been all over the news this I week. Know, really sometimes when you watch that video, you're like, I think he did spit on him. He did spit on him. And other times you think maybe he didn't. Now, Will Smith gets up on stage and slaps someone in front of the world for yeah. a bad joke. Someone spits at you at a film festival. Chris Pine steps up and kicks the shit out of Harry Styles. Are you? Would you? He's spit on him. Fuck him. I'm that's, I'm in that camp, and, and Chris it's Pine is worse. Chris Pine is, a, I know, out of everything, like that. Is, that's bad, isn't it? it is like, bad. It, but you if, know, if obviously, it's accidentally, like if he means to spit on the floor next to you, the question would be, why the fuck are you spitting on a stage, you cock? Well, I mean, it's, Chris Pine's come out saying that he didn't. So that's yeah. at the end of the day, then the, that is their line. It's the only dumb. problem is, is someone videoed it and he quite clearly spits on it. It does look like it, doesn't it? It, <laughs> so, it does, but then. It's just like Chris Rock. But I want my Chris like, Pine to stand up and do something about it's, it's it. It's like Chris Rock coming up. Oh, he didn't slap me. He's like, but he did. Yeah. <laughs> because we fucking saw it. <laughs> I know. More people saw that than they saw G.I. Jane. So more people saw the aftermath than the fucking joke that he was making. <laughs> for, for that film, though, fucking Steve did controversy because now there's a video going around that apparently she didn't fire Charlotte. I don't know. And I'll, well, always, stand up, I'll always stand up for Olivia Wilde because fuck you, she's Olivia Wilde. <laughs> I do like this video, though, that's come out of Olivia Wilde in an interview saying, if a film sucks, it's because of the director. And now yeah. all these fucking reviews are coming out saying, this movie is so shy. I'd like to point out, I am going to go see it. <laughs> I probably will. Yeah, <laughs> just, I probably will see just it. Just to see if it's as bad as everyone makes out. Or to see if I can see why maybe um, Spitgate happened. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, certainly Chris Pine before the Spitgate thing looked bored in every interview he was in, like, like, like he's contractually obliged to attend these <laughs> interviews and stuff. Which, if you go back to the Top Gun episode, you'll find out who's to blame for that. <laughs> well done, Tom Cruise. Um, back to the, uh, what um, Marvel say. So yeah, Blade is a daywalker, a skilled martial arts um, expert who possesses, oh no, I missed the most interesting bit, sorry. Born from a mother raged by vampirism, which was Deacon Frost that we talked about. He was first a vampire hunter, poisoned mm-hmm. by the vampire um, bite, Be- and he had the um, oh, the super a, strength and all that stuff. Immune to him, wasn't he? And it wasn't until he got his superhuman abilities and his bloodlust until he was bitten by Morbius. Oh, Morbius, you dirty git! Blade is a daywalker, skilled martial arts expert who possesses uh, most of the vampire strengths, but none of their weaknesses. His life is a tireless pursuit of eradicating the world of beasts who seek destru- to destroy human life. Bit of history, uh, born Eric Brooks in Soho, 1929. So the films make Blade considerably younger than uh, in they the comic should, books. They should have, because unlike the fact that he, that they say that's as a weakness, that he ages like a human. Yeah. Cause thus he's, implying why Blade will look older in sequels. 
<laughs> so covered itself covered, early. Covered its ass, yeah. <laughs> um, he starts life in an, uh, as an orphan in a brothel, poisoned by vampires, but not one of them. In his early life, he went to the aid of an older man who was being attacked by vampires. This man turned out to be Jamal Afar, who was a jazz player, but also a part-time vampire hunter yeah, he's who would take him under his wing. Yeah, he's the whistler character. Yeah, it? exactly, yeah. Did you know that when they first tried to make Blade, they wanted Blade to be white? No. Yeah, they did. Yeah, because Blade wasn't, and also they rewrote the character of Blade because Blade wasn't like you see him. He wasn't cool. He was like literally a black exploitation character, Afro wearing like weird shirts, and it basically being what every white person thought black people were when they created him in like the seventies or something. But no, uh, with new new line, like could he, could he be white? Is that a thing that could happen? Is he a bit he's fucking dumb? Well, when when Goya was writing it, there were three contenders, and that was Denzel Washington, which we briefly touched on when we did the Denzel episode a few weeks back. Lawrence Fishburne, but Wesley Snipes was always the forerunner. Should have been. Apparently, Snipes signed up to it when he heard that it was a martial arts movie and he gets to wear leather. <laughs> but he was signed on at the time to do a Black Panther movie, Ooh. which wouldn't come out until 19 years later. Oh, okay. Uh, Jet Li was, was offered... Jail, maybe? <laughs> Jet Li was offered Deacon Frost, but declined because he wanted to star in Lethal Weapon 4. Um, Deacon was changed as well to be a Gen X vampire as opposed to what he was in the comics... I Deacon got, was an, born in 1868 in the I comics. like that though, because that, that works for him in th- this film. I think there are certain liberties that movies will always make over the source material. And, and normally it's the timestamp, isn't it? Mm. That if, you're, you know, if you're watching a movie set in the 90s, yeah, it has to have them kind of tropes to it. Um, also to make that villain more relatable. I do think they should have made him more Wall Street. They should have made him Patrick Bateman style I villain. I, see that. I, also, I also think it'd be interesting if it'd been Jackie Chan, to be honest. They, um, not Jackie Chan, Jet Li. Yeah, yeah the, the film was also um, not mentioned where it's set, but it's for its New Orleans, which is where the comics are set, and the fact that there is a New Orleans map in one scene. Oh, I didn't realize. I just kind of assumed like New York because because mm. of Chinatown. There's a Chinatown type scene in there. But then again, never been to America, so I'm just talking shit. But yeah, and as I already said, it's known for its blood, guts, and gore in the movie, uh, particularly the pearl vampire scene, and it was um, following on from films like Batman and Robin, Spawn, and Steel. Uh, so this was seen as the rebirth of the superhero movie franchise and it also predates The Matrix which would be more acclaimed for its visual effects but Blade certainly was one of the pioneers for that an alternative ending showed Morbius on a rooftop across from Blade Morbius was set to be the villain in the sequel however this started the war that we now know of Sony owing the rights to the Spider-Verse uh, in the commentary, those uh, uh, involved so Dorf and Snipes are both in the commentary of the movie along with the director um, the film was described as being slightly chaotic, snaps throwing his weight around as an executive producer, but also Stephen Norrington not really knowing what he was trying to res- achieve from scenes, and that caused a lot of the cast to be unsure, other than Donald Logue, who apparently was just ad-libbing and having the time of his life. Yeah, But you can see that. there is a. Ju- I know that his character is meant to be that. He's meant to be the... In the 80s, your sidekick was meant to be hench and massive, mm. and then in the 90s, it was whippy and, and fast-talking. Yeah. Yeah, and there is good banter there. But certainly there are other members of the entourage party of the villains that feel like they have a lot less to do, I think, because Logue is kind of the clown in the pact. Yeah. Um, there are certain other characters in, in the vampire clan that you like. I don't really know why you are here. here yeah, <laughs> Blade, though, you know, just going back to it, Blade, for me, is a solid, solid rewatch. I wouldn't... I wouldn't if, if no one has seen it, I would find myself going... We've got to get past some very dodgy special effects in this mm. film. But then again, you do with a lot of movies in the 90s. I, I don't mind it. I think Other than Jurassic Park, which was fucking 
special effects will always be the thing. I'll never watch a film for special effects. Now, when a film is nothing but special effects, I think that's lazy. And I think, well, you try to story here through special effects or computer-generated effects. Blade doesn't do that. It doesn't. It just uses technology at the time to try and give you something. It's, it's not yet. It gets passed for me. It's fine. You know, there, there, there's. I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mate, and that's got no decency in it. It's fucking awful. So, what if Bones and Blade turned up to an episode of Buffy? They would have the cutest kids. Yeah. Oh, actually, that would be pretty awesome because she comes back in an early. He comes. He comes to Sunnydale to kill Angel, and I hate Angel. So maybe he tries to kill Angel, and Buffy fights. Why do you Blade. hate Angel? Is it because he got the love of your life? Because he's Spike. She should have ended up with Spike. Spike fought for his soul, despite the thing that happened in season I've only ever seen two episodes of Buffy. Yeah. I'm trying to get out of here. Some kind of deep cuts. No. Some wounds. I know all of... Well, here we go. Here's a weird... Here here's, we here's a here weird we post. I'm, I'm, here's ready. A weird I'm, post. Ready. I'm ready. The musical episode. Oh, yeah. I know every word for every song. <laughs> Prove it. I died. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when this week was the first time you'd heard Friday? But I could back. Now we've gone off on a Yeah, tangent. now we have gone on a tangent. <laughs> For no, one, for no one will get that. No. But for years, James has been talking about a song by Rebecca Black cool Friday. called Friday. And I've just kept nodding and saying, oh yeah, never even heard it. And then you played it and I was like, what song is this? She's like, Rebecca Black. I'm like, no idea. Yeah, anyway. um, Blade was... Blade is to awesome. To me, I'm going to put it in there. I'm thinking the bolt. I think it's it, it's the precursor. Your villains could be dark. They could be edgy. They didn't have to be campy. They didn't have to be fun. They could be brutal. They could be heartless. They didn't need a love interest to cause. It's like they weren't led by their cock anymore. It's and like that, they were led by something. I think that desire. is the thing. Brutal is a good word. It is a horror movie, and it's an action movie. But it is brutal. There's a lot in it. Like you know, the, we talk about like the blood dance scene at the beginning. Yeah. You know, Pearl, the obese character. The fact that um, Quinn keeps getting I was gonna say, like, mutilated throughout the whole film in a comical kind of way. The fact that. You know, as much as I didn't really connect to Deacon Frost being an intimidating antagonist, he certainly does. He's vicious and brutal, mm. and you know, will kill the familiars. You know, who who are loyal servants that just get fucking shit canned. Well, that's the point I was going to make as well. And Blade isn't afraid to shoot a human if they're a familiar. He's like, no, fuck you. You picked your side. You you dead bitch. And it's oh, mm. do you know what's really cool as well? It's like when he steals the person's watch, and the doctor's like. Are you stealing from him? He's like, how do you fuck? Do you think we fund this operation? And he's like, and he's like, it's a fake. And then he's angry about that. <laughs> I, I loved it. I think there's yeah. aspects of that film that I love. Builds a world perfectly. I love Blade. He's dark. He's great. And I love the fact he doesn't talk too much. And you'll notice as the films go more in quality, Blade will talk more. <laughs> and that's not necessarily a good thing. I, I do want to say as well that just going back to the point about it being somewhat guerrilla filmmaking and on the day making scenes mm. and changes because they think, because of the thought was it'll be easier to shoot or New Line won't sign off on this. One of them was that um, Blade discovers Deacon's plans by going to the voodoo doctor who's giving him, you know, like the garlic and stuff that he's giving the watches to. So yeah. you know, there's an earlier scene where you see that is how they finance this operation. And he says, I'm an anti-hero. You know, I have to make fucking money. I rob people to make the money. But you know how it is. The original scene was he goes to a voodoo doctor to mm. find out about the plans of the blood gods and the 12 and all that kind of stuff. And they were like, look, we're running short on time. Just go to Wesker. Who goes, <laughs> a Whistler, sorry. He just goes, yeah, yeah, this is the plan. <laughs> and, I think when you know that, it does change the viewing of it because it, it shows. The film gets to the start of the third act and, and it's like... It's, it's like, oh, Blade doesn't know where to go. <laughs> yeah. Someone but, just tell him. <laughs> but also, we've had no precursor to the fact that, oh shit, there's this giant, very sophisticated temple that the vampires built that no one's really 
uncovered why it was built or what purpose it was built for until the beginning of the third act where you're like, where the fuck did all this shit come from? What do they think it was? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just, Blade is good. It's full of loopholes. It's full of challenges. One, if you're a budding film fan or a film fanatic, maybe went to film school or just enjoy cinema, one of the first questions you ever ask a fellow film fan is what sequel surpasses the original? There are some crowning achievements in that. I think a lot of people would argue that Godfather Aliens, too. Godfather, Aliens. yeah. Um, you know, certainly um, Men in Black too. Not really. Oh, good. <laughs> but Blade 2 is worthy of that conversation because I've Del always, Toro certainly brings a different aspect to the second movie. I've always maintained, I always thought I loved this one. So, so now you get... There's very few storylines in Hollywood. There's only, there's very few. And one of the biggest ones is in your sequel, your good guy has to team up with the bad guys to fight a bigger villain. And I'll always go back to the family guy, Jack, where he's like, oh, it's even bigger Jaws. So Jaws teams up with the other people to beat bigger Jaws. So this one is the creation of the vampires are so fucked now because, because then this is established early on in the first one as well. Vampirism is a disease and all diseases mutate. Think of COVID. COVID mm. mutates over time. Well, the vampire genes has mutated and now created a vampire that feeds on vampires and humans and instantly turns them. And basically, how you think of it and how they're dressed and how they're approached is they're crack addicts. It's mm. basically heroin. These are heroin addicts led by uh, Novak who basically will go around and chomp on anything that they can. And Novak's got like a certain hatred for vampires. He basically seems to be singling them out. And they turn in their desperation to a man they don't truly understand. <laughs> they turn to Blade. What I don't understand about, though, is why Blade says yes. And I know it's in the stories that he's picked up. It's like he picks, who do you think they'll turn on? They'll turn on humans next. And I would be like, well, I'll wait till then. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll just wait. because Your problem, because, mate. Because you're going to feed on the humans anyway. So it sounds like it sounds like it sounds like a UP, mate. It sounds like a YP. It sounds like your problem. Yeah, I mean, Blade 2, you, I mean, you've summed up the great there. Like most sequels, Blade 2 is bigger, it's bolder, it's bloodier. Uh, from the offset, well, maybe it doesn't have blood discos, but it has a lot of gore in this movie as well. It does, have, and I do it's, like it has worse CGI than the first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's well, maybe not. I don't know. The Deacon scene at the end of that movie is pretty unforgivable. I guess what I'm trying to say is this one tries to do fight scenes fully CGI in front of in front of massive lights. They don't hold up well. No, no, that but that is a standout scene. Fair, the ash, the ash actually is up. I like that. The ash, to be fair, in the third one as well, progresses. Ash progressed through the three it movies. Did. There you go. That's what you can say. He's better in the third one the than third, the first one. Yeah. The ash. When there's, when the vampires deteriorate, they look better in the third movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, the first movie set on a budget, I think around the 40 million mark, made the 150 million mark. The sequel comes out 50 million from the bat. But then again, returning characters, Wesley Snipes, that paycheck's going up. Yeah. Del Toro the, comes the in. The budget's going up. Yeah. Um, and also, one of the good things about sequels, you don't need to know about the first one because all the, even though there was very little origin story in the first movie. You heard it. Yeah, there's a prologue at the beginning of this one, just in case you did fall asleep during the first movie. And we see uh, Wesley Snipes returns Blade as he hunts down... Whistler, something I that don't they get this. something that still doesn't it definitively up. dead at the end of that first movie. Yeah, he now, shot yeah. himself in the fucking head. We Although did... it's implied that you don't see it, so maybe he didn't. No, but we did see the gun fall out of his hand. So, exactly. so maybe he just missed and then was embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like, "I better leave now." Yeah. Um, so Wesker, uh, Whistler, sorry, is still alive. I knew it. I was going <laughs> to say Wesker. Still alive. His mentor, the previously fought dead, is now changed to a vampire. The movie starts with Blade in Prague tracking him down, finds him in this kind of 
under embryonic state. Because he's been tortured. They basically, they beat him up till he's near the death and they wait for him to heal and they pull him out and they beat him up again. Now, what I like is they uh, Blade frees him and cures him pretty quickly. Yeah, because what we didn't mention is there is a cure, apparently. Yeah. He's but teased out in the first movie. But it, it comes up in the first movie when he basically tells her to jog on because he'd lose all his vampire abilities and it's brought up now. Then it's never brought up ever again. That's why he teamed up with Doctor Doom in the comic book series as well because Doctor Doom had a cure. <gasps> you, Doctor Doom. But um, we we return to the stage where Whistler and uh, Blade meet new psychic Scud played by a younger Norman, Norman Reedus who, if you had a time machine, you could go back to 2002, you could be like, you're going to make a lot of middle-aged women hot for rednecks. Yeah, that's a good point here. Yeah. And, and like, whilst, whilst being openly racist as well on a redneck. <laughs> Do you um, know what? If, if there was such thing as a, uh, as like a stock, I don't know what you'd call it, you know, like a, a stock market for actors, he's the one that you'd invest in. Mm. Because I didn't see it when I watched this film, too, so I didn't realise, oh, he'll be a huge thing on yeah. TV. When I was Boondock Saints, I didn't think, <laughs> oh, God, no one really is going to do it. Yeah. But... um. I like that as well. So you get this like interaction at the beginning of the movie where you've got Scud, Norman Reedus, the new weapons tech, the new man in the chair, the the advisor to Blades, the Arsenal creator, if you the like. The, yeah, the gadget gizmo guru. Who loves weed? <laughs> and then you've got Blade as well. And auto, straight away, Whistler, Chris Christopherson, Norman Reedus, at trading blows. And a lot, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, and if I was Norman Reedus' character, and it's heavily implied that they knew, spoilers, that he was a familiar Towards the end of the movie, when he reveals himself, it was kind of like a we knew kind of thing, wasn't mm. it? But if you were no, if you were Scud, and Whistler turns up after two years and, and starts criticising you, your whole operation, you'd be like, the fuck are you, old man? <laughs> like, just, Jesus, I've been carrying this operation. Well, uh, what have you been doing for two years? Lack of respect, mate. Lack of respect. You've been having a bath for two years. <laughs> Maybe. Still not <laughs> sure any of that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. And also they do this thing where they imply, whose side is he on? But it's like... I don't know if he's not a vampire anymore. You've cured that. I don't understand. It is weird. It is weird. <laughs> I don't understand. The team are then approached by the very kind they were born or, um, you know, uh, believed to kill, and that is the vampires, or more specifically, the Shadow Council, yep. uh, who offer an alliance, a temporary ceasefire, to join forces to tackle a shared enemy, the Reapers. The Reapers are... James has already alluded to a superior hybrid breed of vampires born out of a pandemic that will kill humans and vampires alike who automatically turn into reapers to defeat this blade must team up with the blood pack oh who won the blood pack why have they been brought back why did they get together and what they've been training for yeah where were they in the first movie yeah they've been training to kill blade oh, <gasps> oh so but, there, but, but there'll be no like repercussions to this <laughs> decision so now you've got ron perlman kind of leading the pack as uh oh, reinhardt what i love about it is they, they had a racist element to him which i actually missed yeah, he's, he's, they call him Hitler and he, he asked him if he can blush and everything. I actually forgot about yeah, that. that, is, that yeah. yeah, actually, yeah. He's, 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 I mean, Ron Perlman's not the top of anyone's Christmas list after this movie. No. He's, he's villain all he's over. Villain. But certainly paving the way for and, his and, Hellboy and, work. And, and do you know what? He's unforgivable. His biggest crime in this is that weird beard he's got going on. Like, fuck you, Ron oh, that very Yeah, that very thin line of hair yeah. that he's got going around the back of his head. That, you know. Cock. Uh, you've also got uh, Lenore Valerie, who plays Nissa in it. Yeah, so I think this is really good. Although there is a scene where she comes back, um, and 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 a, there's a scene where she, uh, I think it was a reshoot or something, because there is a scene where the continuity of her hairstyle is not consistent. James, is mm. all I'm saying. And you're always about that. I, I do you know what I'm a stickler. Do you remember that episode of 
Red Dwarf. I fucking knew this was coming. <laughs> where the cat came back and randomly picked Danny a John Jules, <laughs> who plays a sard in this. The problem is, no matter what you do in your life, mate, you'll always be referred to as the cat. From he hasn't aged that much though. Well, he's immortal, isn't he? He's immortal. Anyway, so that was that was fun. And then you've got that guy who I've only ever seen not die in the first Fast and Furious film. <laughs> he's the he's the one that tortures Whistler and then Whistler sprays him with pheromones. Anyway. Um, also, it's got someone quite badass in it. Um, Lighthammer, he, I never really got his character. He's just got a giant hammer. He looks badass as fuck. I, I've realised watching this, is I wouldn't mind a TV series about vampire killers like this because mm. they all look quite interesting. Yeah, you've got, you got uh, Tony Curran in it who plays the priest. He's the uh, Scottish-Irish, I can't, don't yeah, kill me. In in like, um, I believe he's Scottish. Oh, to be fair, he could be Irish. And then you've got uh, Donnie Yen as the snowman. Yeah, Donnie cool. Yen is also in this movie was the fight choreographer. Yeah, it, he's very good talented though as well. Um, shows. Scottish. He's Scottish. He's in Punisher. He's in the Punisher, isn't he? There you go. It's a, it, I mean the cast is good. The, you know, the the the, the, the do what what did I expect from the sequel? They shit can the idea of Morbius being in it. Yeah. Because rightly. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, we we've got Jared Leto and Morbius. Are you saying that you prefer that to uh, uh, to Ron Perlman racist vampire hunter thing? What I love about it is it's not that they can't it's not that they don't hate the person that kills vampires, he's also black, so they must hate him a little bit more. <laughs> it's just like it's just like he also he also, mate, he cuts the crusts off his sandwiches. Fucker game. <laughs> it's just like everything what? everything Blake does just infuriates them. <laughs> everything. He oh, left he's the toilet seat up. He's left handed. Fuck him. Still <laughs> <laughs> <Stay> him. <laughs> what team just bought? No, it's a <laughs> I do what, I, but what I do like about it very early on, Blade makes him look like an absolute yeah. bitch. I love the spawn characters. I, I, I and do you know what's really weird is I, I've never really liked Chris Christopherson in the first one. I thought he was alright. I think you need him. I, me saying I don't like him is not true. I'm just not very good at vocalizing it. But I like this element of they hate each other. They do a really good job of you've got to be together. Mm. You've got to do it because they all hate each other. They all they, they're all just waiting for the moment to betray each other. And then there's the scene where the Reapers attack him in a nightclub or and this is shitly named The House of Pain. Yeah. But what's really cool is you go in and you see all the, it's a secret place. So there's even more depraved things that happen in here. You've got like humans cut open and use like chandeliers and whatever. Basically a vampire's wet dream. But the Reapers are in there. What I find really funny is that no one noticed them because <laughs> they definitely stick out. Yeah, who's this Nosferatu <laughs> looking dude? <laughs> who's this fucker who looks like he's been on crack sandwiches for life? <laughs> But it's when they're trying to kill them and they don't die, they're riddling them with bullets. Mm. Nothing, And then re, uh, Norman gets attacked outside in his van. And then there's, where did Whistler go? Whistler's disappeared. It, I loved it. I genuinely thought, oh my God, there's so many different layers. And then there's like the idea that they lose one of their people called Priest. And they cut his head off, but his eye's still twitching. It's weird. It's fucking like, what is going on? It's, it is gorier, isn't it? The second, mm. in, in, in a weird way. Like I say, it's not blood sprinklers and stuff like that, but it's, it's it's nastier, I think. Yeah. You know, visceral, visceral. Yeah, I do like the old school looking vampires as well. The kind of the bald head, pokey ears, long fingers, yes. the Nosferatu look. The ones that you used, we used to growing up. Instead yeah, of like the cool ones. It's yeah, like, it's it's like the cool vampires versus the old vampires. Like, can you imagine like going to the high school in Twilight, and that's you? You're that vampire versus the sparkly looking nice kids. It's like, oh my god, it's just like I fell in love with him with his bald head. <laughs> And yeah. his long fingers. And then and then the werewolf looks like it came from a werewolf from Paris. And it's like, and then there's a shaggy dog that's trying to fuck me as well. It's odd. I'm just gonna go have sex with the nerd. The end. I I, I really like Blade 2. I think it's on par. It's 
it's they both follow a similar format as well. Like, okay, the first two thirds of this movie, you know, you've got the whole, um, you know, blade peering up as a viewer, you know, this tension, you know, Pillman's going to double cross the moment he can, you know, you know, that, um, blade is as much in danger. There's a really cool scene, um, in the movie as well, where, um, Blade kind of like sets himself up. Is it the second one or is it? Oh, maybe I'm confusing it with the third one. We've got all the bombs on him. No, that's what, no, he says, they say, when they went after they have the meeting, he decides to go with him. It is that one, yeah. And then the helicopter. Goes, she goes, I'm disappointed you came so easily. And then like, so Norman's the idea, like, show her, show yeah. her. And he's like, I got so, all of this. So it gives the idea that he's always one step ahead anyway and he's always figured everything out. Well, there's a scene where he's got that gun on him. He's like, it would be so easy. And then you guys like look down and Blade's not even looking at him. He's got a gun trail on him. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's the idea that Blade knows what their plan is, but he's going to use them to get to his means, which is take the Reapers out and the vampires out. There is, um, so, you know, the main, the main villain, oh, sorry, the main head, the vampire who basically has a bloodbath. Yeah. He's decrepit and old. Um, he has he has a lawyer. It's the only bit of film I don't like. So there's a human lawyer. And the joke is he's worse than the vampire because he makes that joke fucking constantly. He's like, you're not a vampire. He's like, close, I'm a lawyer. And he's just like, fucking hell. And he makes that joke it, like yeah, five it's, times. It's, I'm like, I get it. Yeah. He's a lawyer. <laughs> I, I'm funny. the real bloodsucker, yeah. Oh, it's fucking horrible. I did not like that. Um, ending... Really quite honourable, quite liked it. Uh, not the the bit where basically she finds out what's happened in the story and she's like, do you know what? You don't deserve to live. And neither do I. And I'd like, and I've said this before, I said it when we were talking about uh, Hellboy, Hellboy 2. I love Tom Cruise. <laughs> I think he's really good <laughs> in this film. I'm talking about Luke Goss, who plays uh, Luke Jared, Goss, yeah. Jared Nowak and how suspiciously he looks like Tom Cruise. He's really good in it. I really like the villain. I, I, I really like the film. I've, the visual effects it like are easier to swallow than the first one. Yeah. But they could have been better in the sense that other movies coming out of that time were pushing visual effects much more than I think Blade 2 were. And I think it does a good... I, I, I really like this film. I, for the longest time, was a big fan of Blade 2 being as good as Blade 1. However, having watched them back to back, I do prefer Blade 1 because it does more with less. And I respect that a bit more. But I still like Blade 2. But I would say the Blade 1 being the grandpappy, doing it all, creating a world without even telling you anything. Basically, you were dropped in Blade 1 and you know fucking nothing. And it does a very good job without telling you much, but you get to the last act and you're like, no, I'm still in this film. This film's exactly the same, but as a continuation, can does can do less, but does more. It's that there's more world building and more. And I didn't like that. I, I respect the first film more. And don't get me wrong, I still like them both. What's really good though as well is the consistency of the character. Wesley Snipes carries over Blade from Blade 1 and 2. Yes. Seamlessly. There's an epic scene which I think, you know, I, you know, I love an underrated scene. It's when the blood pack are in his house, if you will, and he goes upstairs to take his serum and she walks in and sees him and she kind of pities him and he feels embarrassed. Mm. I fucking love that because it adds nothing to the storyline, but shows you the kind of character where he's, he's he's embarrassed that he has the thirst, and she's like embarrassed for him. I was like, oh, very good. Yeah, I'll even clap my hands to that. There's also some nice choreography in these movies as yeah. well. Like, I think that that's advanced from one to two. Two, sorry, one has that um, that thing where when it's twenty on one, and it's that Jackie Chan thing where they're all waiting for their cue to move forward. Yeah. And up until that that cue, they're all just like moving, like swaying until it's their time to strike. And you think, why don't you all just attack at the same time? Because you can't mm. fight all of you. 
two is better, I think, the mass choreography fight scenes yeah, than, than, than one was. Do you know what was stupid, though? You're the big villain. You're the big vampire. You've got a big plan. I'd also like to point out that, have you noticed how his plan is exactly the same as Deacon Frost, which is drain drain him of his blood. Yes, yeah. And, yeah. and Wesker's plan is... Uh, with, Whistler. Whistler's plan is still the same. It's to throw him in a vat of blood. Pretty much exactly the sorry, same. Sorry, that's what I was going to say. I got sidetracked. Yeah, way oh, back. They, they, they do, by the time you get to the third act, it's like, well, this is just number one again. Yeah. Just throw him in a bloodbath, get him to go from being blades Weak. to now super blades. Yeah, so he Get him fight. to get his weapon back, cue to techno music and go. And I mean, it is, but, it is entertaining. But I'm just going to say here, do you, right, Aaron, I got a job for you. Our biggest hunter, yeah, his name Blade. Proper dick. Proper dick bag, mate. I want you to infiltrate him. I want you to make him go after Wesker. Uh, Whistler, fucking you, fuck you, mate. <laughs> I'm only doing it now because you did it once. Um, and I need you to, you know, lure him in so we can use him to fight. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. But before you go, can I just tie the inside of your lip? He's like, well, well, maybe don't because then it'd be easy to find because what if he accidentally sees it while I'm chewing something? Like, no, 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 no. I'm going to tie the inside of your lip because that's how it works, you dick. <laughs> Tattoo my bum hole because yeah, you won't see it. Yeah. No, 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 I want to tattoo your lip. But when I go back, I won't be able to speak. I'm like, no, no. Tattoo the bottom of my foot or between my big toe and the one next to the or, big toe. This is a bit of this is a bit of a thing, mate. Maybe don't tattoo me at all. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Maybe just let me go. Maybe I'll put a picture of you and me together in my phone. Just <laughs> put my thumbs up or something like that. So in case I get stopped by a vampire, dick move. There, there is also something I really love is when a movie has influences of the director. And sometimes that could be great. You know, Del Toro movies are that. You, you look at the scene with Nissa and Assad when they first infiltrate Blade's compound and there's the fight scene where I know the CGI isn't great. But, but the eyes. looks. The yeah, eyes the looks, are amazing. He's, he's very Del Toro looking. Which I didn't realise until this week is because Blade's covered his in UV lights. That's mm. why they're in full body suits. I just thought oh, they look like knobs <laughs> for no reason. But that's why. I, I, I love it. I, I think yeah. it's, 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 it, there's a lot of attention to detail in it. Um, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of the, the the Whistler coming back stuff. I think done is done in that first movie. The, 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 the emotional roller coaster that that character goes through is Deacon has taken his mum, mm. although obviously he doesn't know that by that point, but also taking his mentor. Kind of makes the vendetta just. And if you're just going to bring people back, it kind of... Yeah, it mitigates mm. the sacrifice. But luckily, the fact that he died in the first one, brought him back in the second one means he's going to be sticking around for the third one. So there's no need to worry. We've got to cash in on that third movie. Yeah, and and Whistler's definitely not going to die because what would be the point of killing him off and then bringing him back? Just to die Just again. to die again. Whoever would do that is an idiot. Well, so, <laughs> Blade Free in 2004, the evil vampire nation hatch a plan to wake up none other than Dracula himself to take on Blade. Now faced against impossible odds, Blade teams up with the Night Stalkers, a group of humans set on uh, ridden in the world of vampires. Blade Free was not met to critical success. What? Um, or fan success and is often seen as the weaker of the trilogy nice it was I think if anything it was the breakout performance from Ryan Reynolds who I think Triple H (laughs) well he now owns WWE apparently well he he runs it mate he runs it he's a creative head yeah, I mean, it's the, the, this movie returns Chris Christopherson, Wesley Snipes. As I said, Ryan Reynolds is in this. Who, before Ryan Reynolds become the you know the household name that he is now yeah. and the trademark that he is now, this was the kind of coming out of TV shows like um, Two Guys Ago to Pete's Place and probably movies like Van Wilder. You know, he buffed up. He did that superhero thing that you know Chris Evans, that Chris Hemsworth, that most of the superheroes guys do now, where they where they jack up and they look the part. You know. 
it's easy to go back retrospectively and watch this and be like, oh, Ryan Reynolds is just playing himself. He's just playing Deadpool. He's just a merc with a mouth. He's just a gobshite. But this was, this was like the, this was first the first time he can, yeah. other than Van Wilder, maybe, was the kind of one he did. Jessica Beale's in the movie as well. Um, you've also got um, that guy from Prison Break, not that one, the other one. Oh, yeah, Dominic Purcell. Dominic Purcell, as I've got to say it, Drake. It's, that's a bit... How, how do I politely put this? That's fucking shit. Yeah. Um, it's also got Je- uh, it's Jessica Biel. Yeah, it's got um, oh, John Michael it. Higgins in it. It's got uh, Patton Oswalt in it as well, isn't it? That's weird. And James Reamer. Yeah, that's weird. Wait, Parker you, Posey. Mate, mate, you um, you, you're missing out on something here. The vampires frame Blade for a crime he definitely committed <laughs> because he did it. So all they did, they didn't frame him. They recorded. They, just, they, they, they recorded showed the world him. what he did. Yeah, they showed the world, and then and then they and then basically the FBI go to their gaff, kill everyone. Whistler explodes and blows up the base. Blade feeling a bit sorry for himself, and then also lacking serum, he just kind of runs out. Then mm. does a cry, gets arrested. I don't understand why they needed Drake. He was in jail. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you had done everything and then you tried to get involved and then that's when it goes wrong. You fucking idiots. This film, redundant by the fact that you made, he was like, oh, let's get Drake because they get Drake at the start of the film, which means that when they put their plan together, they're not even using him. Yeah, the, mo- the movie starts The movie starts in, in, in Iraq, doesn't it? Where um, like kind of four vampires go in, yeah. three come out. And uh, and and they've got Dracula. They've got the big guy. Third movie, you know, bigger, bolder, bigger budget. You need to bring in the big guns. Dra- yeah. you know, Dracula himself. No, no, no. Dracula's too old school, mate. We need to update it. Drake. <laughs> and there's a scene where Parker Posey's character goes to see him. Yeah. And he's slayed like 50 people. He's got this like insatiable mm. need for blood. And you only see him in the shadows. And he looks, looks like demonic. he's made of armor and denied. And that looks cool. It looks cool as fuck. And then out of the shadows comes Dominic Purcell. <laughs> and then you go... It was Lee in Prison Break. Get back in. Was he? Was he the brother of the other one? Like, and yeah, yeah and you basically I, go get back in. But then he's like, and what I love about it, what I love about it is, is, is that the worst thing? Was it the fact that the Triple H vampire has silver fangs, or is it that the fact that they've experimented on a dog and created a vampire Pomeranian? Yeah. Or is it the fact that there's there's so there's a storyline when you meet the Night Walkers, which is a shit name, and you see. You see, oh, there's Jessica Biel. She was, she's Whistler's... Uh, Night Stalker's, man. Night Stalker, sorry. There's Jessica Biel. She was Whistler's daughter, her uh, granddaughter. Oh, my God, that's amazing. Weird that he never brought her up at all, or that somehow Whistler was able to leave and go train her, and Blake never, and Blake never went, where, where is Whistler? Where, where are you? Or that Ryan Reynolds used to be used to be a vampire, but it turns out it's really easy to get your hands on this fucking, you know, this antidote, which was very hard to get your hands on in any other movie, but that's not it. What about that Drake at the end is like, I appreciate honour, so I'm just going to steal this baby and try and throw it over a roof. (laughs) Just like, yes, be consistent at some point. Or what about the FBI think that they can get played? Or we as an audience go, I hope he gets his comeuppance. (laughs) It's so redundant. There's so many storylines that guessing you don't like this film. No. I do I do like this film as well in in the sense that when he gets apprehended by the FBI, we've seen two movies where he can take on a lot of people. Yeah, but not these people. No, it is like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No, there's twelve. I can't do that. Eleven's me cap. But what about this then? What about you meet the blind woman and it turns out that if you can think it, she can build it. And then they go through all the array and she's like, she's got this light sword. It's a sword made of light. It's got this explosive thing. And she's got a daughter that she's reading to. And you as an audience member go, she's fucking dead. 
but I hope she leaves a video that explains the rest of the plot after she's dead, which is the laziest storytelling. It's like, we're going to kill his character, but we'll remove consequences. Because luckily, she recorded a video that she's just going to display afterwards. So, hey. so so she's got the information. Yeah, I'm talking about Scream 2. Jamie Kennedy <laughs> in Scream 3, James. <laughs> he died in Scream 2, but he left the videotape for but Scream that's what 3. I mean. With, you've still got video that explains everything you need to know. What's the point of fucking dying? It's a cop-out. There's no jeopardy. It's bullshit. Yeah, I agree. I yeah, think the third movie is terrible. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen. It's Drake. The constant references to, oh, oh, it's like, it's like you failed. Have you told him yet? And then Drake walks out in his fucking garb and he's like, told you that you failed. Yeah, I heard. I'm going to go sort it. How does he sort it? Well, he goes to a vampire store mm. and beats them up because they're selling Dracula-like lunchboxes and he's worried he's missed out on image rights. <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking Disney mate <laughs> he goes in there and smashes the fucker up yeah I, I think I, I mean, it's not the worst in terms of like trilogies like it's not Spider-Man 3 it's not Spider-Man 3 but he's close I don't like this film at all yeah it's not X-Men 3 that's a good point you know only one of them can have Vinnie <laughs> Jones in it so it's not the worst third movie it's not second sequel it's not trilogy but even the name is Bay Trinity. But even also, that annoys me. But apparently it was a lot. It was very hard to film because um, apparently Wesley Snipes was an asshole on set. He was late to set. He, he was he was at his height now, but I think he had already been asked. He was going to jail. This was the last movie he was making before he was going. He wanted some mucking moolah. Mm. Apparently he was in his, and I don't want to say anything that's, I don't want to get sued basically by Wesley Snipes because it sounds like he needs the money. <laughs> but I'm fairly certain he just, the story is that he just smoked weed on set all day, came late was a horror to work with, didn't appreciate anybody with any feedback. It was just, he would do a scene, he's like, no, I'm not doing it anymore. would leave. This was Ron Ryan, one of Ryan Reynolds' big like first hits and he wanted, apparently was very excited to work with Ryan Reynolds uh, was his nice. and was very disappointed. Says he'd never work with him again. Don't meet your heroes. Yeah. One thing we didn't talk about in the sequel and it's carried through into this movie is somewhere between Blade 1 and Blade 2, mm. in the absence of Whistler, his mentor, his, like, his weapons expert, He's he's changed his leather jacket to have a red inlay. I fucking hate that. I like that in the second one. No, I like it if when it's in the inside. But in the third one, he then matches it with a long sleeved red tee, which makes him look like a pillock. Yeah, and then <laughs> Jessica Biel's character has also got the red. This seems color coded really well in the movie. Anyway, so Chris Christopherson, this is a pretty good paycheck. You come in, say one line, blow up, <laughs> <laughs> show up later when you're definitely Drake. And then try and screw with people. I've got to say that Dominic Purcell, I'm sure you've got some good acting ability, maybe, possibly. I've heard you were good in uh, some of the episodes of Prison Break. Blade Trinity, mate. Not here. <sighs> Not here. You, you were about as menacing as a bill you've already paid. You know, when you look and you go, have I paid this? And you go, yes. <laughs> and the terror's gone. <laughs> That's how good this was. Yeah. And, and the problem, I mean, it's, it's easy to poke fun at it because of all the like novelty things like Ryan Reynolds' beard and stuff like that. But it's uh, and and Dominic Purcell's just, just being everything. In it. <laughs> but the problem is as well is the the continuation of the character of Blade. He's no longer the silent protagonist that no. was in the first two movies. The cold-hearted, <laughs> yeah. And by this third movie, it's 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 so far detached from the first. And you see this all the time in in third movies, don't you? It's yeah. like. I don't know whether I, I don't know I'm not an actor but I don't know whether actors feel it where they're like the third feels like my last chance to convey something about this character yeah. like you look at someone like even Mel Gibson in Mad Max 3 Beyond Thunderdome there's it kind of feels like my last chance to show a depth to that character Christian Bale in the third Batman movie whatever it is the third always tends to fail 
you see a bit more or maybe sometimes too much of the character that they're portraying. The Blade is that in this one. Like, wouldn't it be fucking brilliant if the third movie came out and he hardly said anything? He actually said less than any of us. Yeah. Cool. He moved in and- the shadows. He was more a myth than an actual presence but no movie's ever going to be brave enough to do that because by the time you get to the third movie you know you, you've known it's worked for two films and so it, you you think the audience love Blade so give them more Blade yeah if they liked Blade saying nothing think how much they'll love Blade and, playing but, tic-tac-toe or giving a shit about a little kid and by the third movie you've normally got more than one distributor like with a clause in the movie and they're like no 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 we signed up because we want to see Blade playing ping pong <laughs> You know whatever it is, and there's more people to ruin the, uh, the the film. But I'll say, I say, I think Parker Posey did a very good job of being a villain because I definitely wanted to see her dead by the end of the movie. I like Parker Posey. In the I film. like Parker Posey, and I'm not joking. I genuinely thought of them all, she's the most threatening because it was different to see kind of like like she also had bomb fangs as well as top fangs. Uh, yeah, well, I, I don't want to say Barbie, but like a valley girl, like a valley girl vampire was different yeah. because it wasn't like the big bad or Deacon Frost. She was just like, I imagine she, she would beat the piss out of you for something very minor. The, the third movie is visual effects have come a long way. If you ever wanted a lesson in, you know, how, how fast the visual effects develop within film, watch Blade and watch Blade 3 because even the title sequence of Blade 3, the effects are so much better than the first movie. We, uh, yeah, no, I completely agree. I do, I, I, you know, that is certainly a testament to filmmaking is that by 2004, um, yeah, this film was significantly better in terms of visual effects. What about, um, are we just going to gloss over the the fact that they cure vampirism at the end of this film? They do. <laughs> just meaning that there's no need for a fourth film. <laughs> yeah, or a TV series, which they did. Um, what's really cool, and not, sorry, what's really bad about this is this is one of these things that's got two endings. And what I love about it is is one of the endings makes one of the characters completely redundant. So the theatrical release is Drake is beaten by Blake and he goes, you fought with honour. I like that because I fight with honour. And you go, do you remember that kid? No, just forget it. Just forget it. So so he says, I'm going to give you a gift. And he dies, but he transforms into Blade. So then the last scene is the FBI doing an autopsy on what they think is Blade and it turns into Drake. Implying that he transformed into Blade, giving Blade the opportunity to run away. Yeah. Because he says, I'm going to give a gift. Lease, I'm, I'm yeah. going to give a gift to you. So he gives them a head start and to disappear. But then the, the canon ending in the theatrical, in the director's court, the, the one we're supposed to believe is Drake says, I'm going to give a gift for you. And then he dies. And then they're about to do an autopsy on Blake and on um, Blade. And Blade wakes up and it is the actual Blade. He beats him up and leaves. What was the gift? <laughs> <laughs> fucking idiot. It was, it's a bad film. So it was poorly written. I don't know how much is to blame because. David S. Goy wrote it and he wrote the other ones. So something must have changed. There must have been interference because he wrote two great films. They were great films. Is it is it the presence of Triple H? It might be. It might be. I actually don't find Ryan Reynolds irritating in this film. And, and do you know what's really weird? I actually quite like Jessica Biel's character because she's the competent one. She's got a kick-ass bow. She's got a kick-ass bow. And also there's a scene where she's dressed up as an old woman and she and I really like the idea of teenage vampire gangs because it was different. Like, they were up to tomfoolery. Mm. They were up to chicanery, mate. <laughs> so she kills them. I like that because it was different than what we've seen. But then the rest of it, bullshit. The Daystar virus, oh, poor shit. I hate Blade Trinity, mate. I hate it. I don't know if I'd go far as saying I I hate it, but it's certainly not a good film. No. I've got a question for you, my little cherub. Mersha Ali's great casting. Yeah. But everything we've just seen about Blade... How the hell can you make Blade and vampires look cool in the MCU in a shared universe? I don't think you can do it. 
I think you've got to sacrifice something and I think it's vampires. I, I, what I mean by that is I don't think the vampires will be as cool because how could they be vicious killers and like a really big threat and like Iron Man or Captain America hasn't noticed. Um, Sorry to put you on the spot. No, no, I, I, it's, it's an interesting one because again, not seeing... And not I would like to point out, I'll give you a minute to formulate your idea because what I love about watching these films is that they were self-contained. I didn't have to give a shit that there was other characters. And I think it really worked because the vampires could be vicious and killers, but they can't exist in the MCU, surely. So, so you're not you're not going to want a Blade movie where at the end of that film, Blade's like, do you want to join the Avengers? He's like, no, I've got other shit to do. That would be awesome. I'd love that. If he was like, stayed as his own. Yeah. The thing is, is we already know that he's going to be, essentially, I know where Marvel's going with this and Disney's going with this. Any hero that wields a sword is going to somehow create some kind of weird musketeers group. Okay. Th that's what'll happen, you know. Well, apparently the sword, it's been confirmed that the sword in the Eternals is the ebony blade, which is the blade that Blade uses. <laughs> Maybe I should use sword then, because <laughs> you can differentiate uh, the sword that yeah. John Snow <laughs> pulls out at the end of Eternals is the ebony sword and that's the sword that Blade uses so that's where Blade that's why Blade's at the end of that and that's movie. why Blade's voice I, is at the end of that I movie. don't know I, there's a part I mean I'm, I'm all for it and I think with Secret Wars Secret Invasion coming up um, and with the multiverse and with Morbius and the Spider-Man Sony kind of agreement kind of blending now with everything yeah I suppose we are going to get I don't know is is is, is it going to be an origin I mean first off do we know when Blade is set no, so we only heard the voice of Mahershala. Is it because they're actually going to do a movie that is set in 1990s and pre and Captain Marvel's around, but predates all of the other shit? And actually, we're going to see a movie that dates back back to then, which would be pretty cool. Yeah, and maybe then Mahershala does get rid of vampires by the end of the whole thing. Maybe he completes <laughs> his quest, and that's why he's not in. And then so he's like, now. "I'm going to put this sword in a box and hope that John and then Snow hope never ever fucking opens it. And if he does, I'm going to be hiding in this closet." <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Just, so, so we don't know what they're going to do with it. If the, if it is modern day and Blade is somehow intertwined with four and gods and all that kind of stuff, it is it's a hard sell. But yeah. they've done it with other things. You know, X Men are going to come into it. We've got mutants. We've got all sorts of other things coming in. I think you're right. Blade sits on its own weird tangent, which like vampires are a thing, and you can have your aliens and you can have your gods and you can have your you know like your your weird you know like villains that keep coming into the Marvel universe. The vampires are quite a bespoke thing. You're not going to see Hawkeye being like, oh, fucking hell, more vampires. That's what I mean. Do you know what I mean? There's or like a... Thor being like, oh, I've got to take out these vampire clan quickly. Or, or is, there's an episode of Avengers where Thor's like, I've, I've got to leave for a minute. I go, well, why? It's just like, just had a twinge that a blood god's risen in fucking San Francisco. I can, I can so see, I've got to fuck off for I can a minute. see Blade pairing up with Daredevil or uh, the Punisher yeah. for a common enemy that they've infested a certain part of New York and, and there's a pairing there. I can see that kind of, but I can't see him lining up with like War Machine or anyone like that. How great is it? It's just like Jared Leto is working through New York or, or New Orleans. Play just comes chops his head off and then goes to the camera and goes, right, we're done with Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> or like, well, that's it. I mean, is Morbius going to come into it and going to be, is it going to be the origin story? The Blade isn't got the bloodlust part of it. And actually Jared Leto somehow does merge through and bite him and, you know, get all that kind of thing. You know, I don't know. I can't see Guardians of the Galaxy picking him up and being like, oh, Blade, you want to come on an into Galactic Yeah, they've got vampires out there because <laughs> no, I fucking no. go anywhere. There's vampires. No, no, we're going to go and take the hedgehog people. Oh, no, I'm all right then. No, I, no, I can't. No, I've, I've only I've, really killed vampires. I've ordered vampires. a Nando's. I've got to stay here. So it's, it is odd. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I, I have faith. In, and I think, you know, Mahershali is, is the perfect casting for it. You know, they wanted Snipes in it. And I think Snipes will appear in the film. We don't know if it's not Blade Jr., 
Okay. We just have to see what happens, James. We have to see what happens. Blade? But um, I'm, I'm a hat fan. Blade is awesome. It was so, so good revisiting. Even the third one to a degree. It's good just ticking off this. It's been 10 years since I've seen these three movies. Yeah. Yeah, I went to the cinema to watch the third one. Yes, I think so, did I? I was too young to watch the first, but by the third one, I was 15, so I could go oh, watch it. it. It did have, um, it's something to mention as well, it did have suffer from terminated disease. We started off as 18, 15. It was like a fucking you in the third yeah. one. <laughs> so... Yeah, um, first well, one definitely in the vault. Well, I, I like the second one. I th- put the, put two in them. Yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah, fuck it. It's, it's my podcast. Vault. If if you don't like it, then start your own. <laughs> start your own. <laughs> uh, the third one probably not bad enough for the pit. Yeah, if you but, do, but don't get me wrong, it's circling because it's shit. Let us know what you think of the Blade tr- uh, trilogy. Uh, which was your favorite? Where could they have gone wrong? Are you looking forward to Mahershala Ali stepping up to uh, wield the blades in the next incarnation? That's our show for this week. Don't forget to like and subscribe. You get a new episode each and every week. And if you leave us a comment or leave us a review, it does mean the world. Thank you so much for listening. If I don't see you later, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Goodbye.